Welcome to the Table of Tavern. This week we've gotten together to do a little bit of uh, table talk. I actually had a uh, request from one of my fans. Sorry, I didn't turn my phone off there. Phone. Anyway, um, he had asked, he had said to me that he he's never actually played D&D, but he always wanted to, but he didn't know how. He didn't, he, he wanted to get an idea of, like, what are the, the rules for D&D? So I asked some of my friends to join me so we could discuss a little bit. And believe it or not, D&D is probably one of the easiest things to actually get started because all you need is your imagination. But I'd like to go ahead and go around the table and start getting a little feedback from my players as some of the things that they feel are what they would call the, the core to the rules of D&D or the basics or even ways of maybe finding those resources. I'd like to go ahead and start uh, to my left here in no particular order. We got Drake. Uh, Chris, uh, please go ahead and start. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting topic. I like this topic. Um, D&D is one of the, like Pat was saying, you know, you, you really just need your mind. But uh, And what are the rules? The rules are less important as to your what your your mindset when you're coming into a game. Um, if you want to play D&D, then you got to look at it as you are be, you are going to put your mind in a position where you are going to travel into some fantasy realm mentally and put yourself in the position of whatever character it is that you're envisioning you want to play. Is it that elf character you saw, like Legolas from Lord of the Rings? Or are you um, from one of the Dungeons & Dragons movies? Are you a, a thief character that can turn invisible? Like, what what is it that you want to play? Because really, D&D is about role-playing this fantasy character that you are going to take possession of and navigate whatever the dungeon master or the game master puts before you, whether it's a tavern with a bar fight that breaks out or if it's a dungeon where you're crawling through trying to be quiet and sneak up on monsters and find treasure, or maybe you're trying to save a save the princess from brigands or a, like a monster or, or a dragon or something and the rules come in play when you're making your decision on what you're going to do with your character and the dm's like you need to make a check based on your skills or your stats that are in there for your character but the base idea of dungeons and dragons and most all role-playing games is it's like it's drama you are taking on and you are becoming you're playing the part of somebody in a role, be like an actor in a movie or a film or a TV show. Um, so I would say that it's less about the rules and more about your re- Are you in a position where you're ready to put yourself in that the position of whatever it is, the character or person or thing that you want to play, and you really to re- like bring it on to life in this group and the group that you're in? Um, the rules are for Dungeons and Dragons are based on. 20-sided dice and a bunch of other dice that are based on if you hit or if you're successful or how much damage you do 
or all these different things. But usually as a player and somebody just getting into the game, you don't really need to know any of that because generally the person running the game is going to be able to tell you what you need to know. And there's many tools out there to make all that super simple for you now. And just for like the opening, that's that's my quick and dirty little intro for for what I have in first thought. Ah, thank you, Chris. Uh, that is very, uh, very good points you made there. Uh, continuing on, uh, Robert, what would you say would be like the core things that you think you need before you start playing D and D? Okay. Um, well, obviously, uh, as Chris had just mentioned, uh, a basic understanding of what D and D is uh, is probably the most important thing to start with. Um, there are three major elements to most games, and that is exploration, that is combat, and that is social interaction. Um, if you're not good in one particular area or another, someone else in the party probably is. Um, you know, if you're wanting to play somebody that has a lot of, of uh, line time and, and or, or talking a lot, then you probably want to go with someone that has charisma. You know, if you're wanting somebody that uh, just gets to, to get in there and, and do a lot of combat, you know, play a murder hobo or whatever. So um, having a, a basic concept of what D&D &D is, uh, is fine. Um, there are free PDFs um, that you can get um, from Wizards of the Coast um, that give you the rules in a very short, what is it, like 20-page summary or whatever. Um, obviously, uh, aside from that, having a set of dice would really help, but there are... A lot of dice simulators that you can get um, and then of course um, looking through the player handbook um, which you can do you know online or if you actually have one um, you know this thing is amazing it literally has everything that you need to run a game and if you're wanting to run a game uh, and even as a DM and don't really know everything uh, this is all else that you need then, and that's the Dungeon Master's Guide. And uh, between those books and a, a set of the seven dice, um, you've got everything you could possibly need um, to start, and it really doesn't take a long time to uh, figure out. I uh, I slightly disagree. Let, let, let's um, hold on, hold on, now. hold on. Now. Uh, there is a structure to these things. Uh, I know you're not very familiar matt i'm going to give you the opportunity to have a floor but right now is robert's moment okay no he's all right um i was just saying that that if if we're discussing what are the things that we need to get started um just a basic understanding of the rules like i said you can find them for free um the dice are you know really cheap to get in uh, mass quantities or you can go to any kind of of uh, game supply store and you can usually get them for as little as, as uh, what, $7 maybe to get all seven dice if you're going to buy them randomly. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get started. I've been trying to get Matt on here for the longest time. Matt actually plays with us every week. Uh, Matt has been eager to play as well, although you notice in the background he has a very busy household. He is a full-time dad as well as, you know, a full-time employee. Uh, we work together as well. So, Matt, I'd like to pass the question on to you. 
Uh, what are some of the things, you know, rules or whatnot, or even things you might think that are the most important things to bring to the table when you're first coming around to play D&D? Hello, Amanda. How you back there? How you doing back there? There's the baby. So, um, sorry for interrupting Robert earlier. You're I, fine. I feel like, and we, I touched it on it a little bit with you earlier. Really, the main thing is to have fun. Um, um. And and everything else can be kind of sorted out. I don't feel like you need a full set of D and D dice. You don't. The book it helps. The book helps. But once again, I don't feel like it's absolutely necessary. Um, I homebrewed most of everything before I started playing with you. So even back before I had a book, I kind of played a homebrew edition, and I didn't have the book. I kind of came up with a similar system without the key components that you might say would be. I, I made it myself with notebook and pen and paper. I, you know, did my best. And then if it didn't work out as we played, we adjusted kind of to it to make sure things weren't broken. But the goal of everything is always just, just enjoy ourselves and to have fun with it. And if it, it ever does it, if something's not working right, change it to the point where it, it's fun again. Sounds like Amanda wild shaped into a mama bear back there. Uh, thank you for that, Matt. Uh, now then, um, one of my great friends and uh, fellow DMs, DM Dan, first time joining us. I've been wanting to get him on here. I'm glad we got a chance to do this again. Thank you to Eric for the question. And DM Dan, what are some of the things you'd say are are core to or core essentials to getting started playing D and D? Wow, you're gonna make me go last and follow all of that, huh? <laughs> okay. So 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 here it is, Aaron. His name is Aaron, right? Uh, um, Eric. Eric. Eric was Eric, the one that I actually asked me. Um, Eric actually shared with me a whole bunch of PDFs for Dragonlance. Very excited to delve into that. All about the cataclysm. Uh, thank you again, Eric. Yeah, uh, Eric had the question. Well, here it is, Eric. Uh, everything those guys told you is exactly right, man. So I'm just going to dig it just a little bit deeper on this one and tell you, when it comes to D&D, you've probably been playing your whole life or at least your whole childhood as a kid and didn't even know it, man. Every time you played cowboys and Indians or cops and robbers or dinosaurs or whatever it was you pretended to be out in the backyard, in its purest form, you will play in D&D. And these things evolve a little bit over time, and there's rules and there's things that go along, you know. And at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're, you are writing a story. The players and the DM together are writing a story. Um, DM is laying out the framework. Uh, the players are filling in all the colors. And uh, hopefully when the whole thing comes together, which it usually does, uh, that's what you end up having at the end is a great story to go down the line and tell people. And that's about simplest way I could probably distill it. A diamond in the rough. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, so going back around this, uh, Chris, you had mentioned role play. I, th I think you're absolutely right. Uh, 
it is a role-playing game at the core. Uh, and so getting into that, don't be nervous. Uh, every, don't be afraid to be a little bit silly. Okay, feel silly for a little bit. In the end, it is, just like Dan said, child's play. Okay, it is. Okay, D&D is that simple. It's child's play. It's how engrossing that you around your table want it to be. And then we get into those three core elements. What were those again there, uh, uh, Robert? I always love when we talk about this. Go ahead. Yeah. The uh, three core things are exploration, combat, and social interaction. Right. So really, that's that's really the core of D&D, essentially. Exploration. Chris, you talk about that a lot. That's something that you really enjoy getting into when, as a fellow DM, you take the time to create this world and all of these intricate NPCs. Dan knows all about that. He's been helping me create all kinds, and it's great. But exploration is a big part of, of your expectation for D&D. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Chris? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to Dan there for a minute. I did want to, I want to, before I answer and hit the exploration, the the creation and the expectation part of it, of the role-playing side, you said, the other thing about D&D is where Robert was talking about the, the tools. You can, you can get in, some of this stuff costs, a, a, it, the cost can really turn people off. So that's where sometimes you find a group and you get started playing and worry about the tool aspect once you make sure that you really want to play D&D. You might buy all this stuff and realize I'd rather just play video games, which is fine. That's just that's just personal preference. Then you have the people who are like, oh, I love this. And you go buy all this stuff, but it can be expensive. So on that side, figure it out and decide, make sure. But on the other side, on the DM side and the expectation, half of the game, even for new players, is having the right dungeon master or the right game master that puts together something that's entertaining and fun that you can communicate with in a way that you can be like, well, I got, you have to have a vision for where you, you want your character to be. This is my, this is me. I'm starting, I want to be an elf. And I want to be an elf that's like Aragorn or Strider from Lord of the Rings. So I want a guy that can go through the woods and is great with a sword and can fight. He's got all these cool abilities and he's he's long lived. And I've got a starting point and I've got to come up with an idea of where I want to go with him and where I see him down the road. And I have to communicate some of this to my dungeon master or my the game master, as well as because a lot of DMs want you to write up a background for your character a background for this person that you're creating in your head. And you might do all of that before you ever roll your character up. Or maybe you're doing that as you roll your character up. And this kind of helps you get an idea. And then the dungeon master, and as I'm also have DM'd, a, a big part of it is creating the setting and having the setting right for these players. You need something that's both entertaining and challenging, but also something that they can discover and they can have fun 
fun in, and there's plenty of things for them to do. So there's more to it than just opening a book and rolling some dice. That's the mechanics of it. But the game is so much more than the books and the mechanics. The game is really like Pat's beginning. It's all about your imagination. And I can tell you that um, where Pat was talking about, about the amount of time you put into creating NPCs and world. I, um, I've been playing since the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, I played with a group of guys back in the day where we all kind of added in and created our own setting. And since then, I've I've upped it up and rearranged it and done with it. And so the better part of like 20 plus years of a setting that keeps adding to and molding to based on the players that are in it and everything else. And it's like Dan said, everybody contributes to the story. And I mean, you become George Lucas, basically. Um, Pat just walked away. I don't know who he wanted to go next, but uh, I don't want to take up a bunch of time just talking, but d and is something that all five of us are super passionate about and we enjoy, so. I did find myself with your role-play topic. Um, I, ma- uh, I did make one character that I wasn't sure how his personality or anything was going to be until I started playing him. And then, like, as I played him, the more his, like, the role play aspect of it started fleshing itself out. And he turned out to be nothing like what I was originally expecting. That happens a lot, though. You'll, you'll have an idea for a character. And once you get into playing the game and the other characters are interacting, you're like, this is going to be better if I do it this way. And I'm more fun with it. And that's okay. So uh, we're waiting on Patrick to come back. Um, Dan or Robert, do you guys have anything to add right now while we wait for our host to come back? Yeah, of course. Um, Because you were bringing up um, the role play rather than the action at this particular moment, uh, I was going to point out, uh, for me personally, I like to create characters that have uh, a notable flaw and to progress with them uh, throughout the campaign and have them grow and improve uh, as an individual. Um, so I like to find some kind of a conflict and uh, make that as part of my character's backstory. Um, sometimes it's just the interactions with those other players, uh, but I always uh, like to improve my character um, as we play. Uh, so not only are they leveling up and becoming more powerful, but they're becoming more um, part of the part, you know, something more than just themselves. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, my, I, I, my computer on the role play time. Mr. Right. Sorry. All right. Exploration. We were talking about exploration. Right, Chris? Actually, I thought we were talking. I apologize. So the exploration side. I apologize. I went on the role play kick. I, I'm completely sorry. <laughs> but I just talked for quite a bit. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss that exploration and... down to Dan. Dan, when you when you're creating a game for your players, there's a there's a mm-hmm. bit of you know textures you put down. Um, but tell me as a player, when you're getting in, what are some of the things that 
that you might expect or what what should they expect? What should they expect? For, out of exploration. They should expect, right? Uh, out of exploration. You should expect to be able to see it in your mind. You should expect to be able to smell the air. You expect to feel the anxiety. You should expect to involve yourself. You should inspect, you should expect to invest yourself in this whole thing. Let yourself get into it to the point where you actually have something to lose. I don't mean like in real life, you're giving something up, but there's an old saying out there. Uh, without risk, there can be no gain. And, and that's probably fundamental part of what D and D comes in comes into here what brings to the table um so when you are exploring man let yourself explore you know go go right down into it don't ever be if you're a player don't ever be afraid to ask a dm about a detail if you're if you're a dm man don't be afraid to just lay it right out there for your players bring it right to them you know and uh and the whole thing will just kind of itself together in a, a level of immersion that i personally believe that you just can't get from a video game. Not that video games are bad. If you like it, great, but you never ever get that level of immersion from a video game. That's what I that's what I think about exploration. Indeed, indeed. Uh, uh the the three basic elements you talked about, exploration, social interaction, and combat. So when I think of exploration, what 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 I'm thinking about is like, you know, um what is the next town over or whatever? What might be right there in that town? Don't let those little details that your DM describes to you, don't think he didn't do that for a reason. For myself, mm-hmm. everything I describe, I, I, I describe because there's something else there. So when you're exploring, you're taking a closer look. Don't be afraid to do that. But sometimes you should just leave Closed doors. Closed. Um, <laughs> because you might end up something really bad on the other side. Anyway, uh, social interaction. Uh, that's one of the things I'd say that D&D is probably the best at. Because for someone that normally, I'm not saying that, I want to put everyone into a little bubble. But a lot of people, they tend to play D&D because they have a difficult time exploring the world as it is okay and so they explore an imaginary world for themselves and sometimes it's because they've sat behind a console playing video games or maybe reading books for all that time imagining these grand adventures hoping maybe to step into those shoes and when you do that you're doing it with other people because it's a collaborative story and so it teaches you social skills for sure okay and so it's always good to learn the proper etiquette around a table because otherwise we get into combat combat's an essential part of D, and you don't want that combat coming between your players or your dm at the table only against the miniatures and only against the monsters or the bad guys that your DM lays out there. Because when you start, yeah, it makes a bad experience for everyone. 
And sometimes if you're just now getting into D&D, I've heard a lot about times, a lot of times where a player like Eric gets excited because they've never played D&D before. And then they get around a table and they have one of those combats right there at the table because they have a poor social interaction. And sometimes I get a bad taste in your mouth. I talk about player levels as much as character levels. There's a big difference. Okay. Etiquette's a big thing. And I'd like to maybe at some point have a whole, we could do a whole segment just on etiquette. But you talked about homebrew, Matt. Okay. Everyone that plays D&D does do homebrew at some point, whether you're running a module or not. There is a bit of homebrew that goes into every D&D game. And that's a little bit of what the DM's particular flavor is. But what Matt's talking about is not having a book, not having dice. I remember me and my friend David, uh, we once played with a coin. We called it the Noin. We couldn't spend it because then we wouldn't have anything to make that chaotic decision for us. We were not in a good place at that time. We barely had coins to rub together, but we would never spend this coin because that was our entire D&D dice set was the noise. <laughs> Success or failure. That's what it comes down to D&D. D&D is a simulation, the simulation of the life of an adventure. And in order to simulate that, you have to have a way to interact. And that's where the rules come in. And that's where uh, combat, it becomes an essential. So does anyone want to cover what, uh, anyone want to help me out with combat a little bit? What are some of the things you think that you need for the first time getting in there uh, as a player, what are the first things you think about with combat? Combat is a big expectation with D&D because everyone wants to fight a dragon, right? So, um, any takers? Who wants to be the first to talk about combat? Oh, I wouldn't mind going first for once. That way I don't have to follow these guys' insight. All right, I like <laughs> it. Go ahead, Dan. Combat. In terms of D&D. Um, baby steps a little bit at a time the game itself is set up to kind of lead you that way you know keep it simple at first kobolds orcs whatnot simple combats eventually their way up to more complicated things magic magical items and things to the mix uh and before you know it right you will be fighting dragons and things like that that being said Combat is probably the aspect of this game where real-world applications can actually apply. You uh, Now, obviously, I'm not referring to things like dragons and stuff, but you can well imagine yourself getting into a sword fight with another person. And even though you may never have actually picked up a sword and been in a fight, you know, you've seen movies, you've seen... You might have even seen live demonstrations of some sort. All of these things end up tying into that you know it's like uh, developing a knowledge base type of thing and uh once you kind of at that point and you get a little experience you learn the rules a little bit the game um then you start using your imagination and that's when things really get fun so if i 
sum up combat just quickly like that, I'd, I'd say that's probably a pretty good, pretty good series there to, to, right. to for Eric. Indeed. Uh, and for simulation and simulating combat, mm-hmm. just like everything in the world, everything has a, uh, amount of difficulty. We call that a difficulty check. Uh, no matter what edition you're playing, there's some sort of difficulty check. And in, in combat back in second edition, we called that Thacko. We're not even going to get into what Thacko is. Luckily, we have something called D&D Beyond. Now, D&D Beyond is a fantastic platform to help any new player want to learn D&D. Because, like you were interested in, Eric, the rules. Well, we could go on and make several hours about all the rules. But D&D Beyond brings all that to you. In a very easy bite-sized box. And it comes in all those little icons that are next to your character, what you can do and what you can't do. But in order to overcome a DC, you have to have your modifiers. So your modifiers are built off of your ability scores plus your level and so forth. That's very intricate, but it makes it very easy because all you have to do on DD Beyond is just fill in the blanks. And it guides you along that process of making your character and so forth. But don't worry, Eric, because when you finally find a table, and maybe it'll be ours, there's going to be a DM there to help guide you through that process, making your character, and getting into the essentials of what really it requires to play D&D. You're going to need your difficulty checks, of course. That's going to be provided all by your dungeon master. You're really not going to know what those are. So you're really not important to you as a player. But what is important is what you can do and those were all done by your modifiers and the way that you build your character with your proficiencies and um, so on and so forth. It gets very complicated, but it comes down to your AC. How easy is it for you to hit something? And how hard is it for them to hit you? Okay. Um, so that it comes down to your attack versus their AC. Okay. So. You're going to roll a d20, add your attack modifier, or any bonuses you get for your weapon, or maybe your proficiency or expertise, whatever it may be. And then, essentially, if you roll high enough and add that modifier that you produce, everything you've generated for your simulated combat, if it overcomes that creature or character's AC, you hit. And then you get to do the best thing which is roll damage, okay? Now, damage may be all different for depending on what you're doing. If you're running spells, sometimes you don't even have to roll an attack. All you have to do is just roll the damage. And then it comes down to that character rolling a d20 to try to avoid said damage. Um, but it all gets convoluted, very complicated. But wouldn't everyone agree that there are a lot of online resources to help you basically get started without actually having to purchase anything. Because if you've never played D&D before and you're not sure you want to, it's hard to say, I want to pay $30 for this book. Or I want to get, uh, you know, go ahead and get that dice set. Well, and then after that, it's an investment that just sits on a shelf and collects dust because once again, you went to the first table and you had a bad social interaction. You had combat around the table that wasn't a monster or an NPC and then you left and never wanted to play D&D again. Terrible experience. I've heard about it before. But yeah, um, 
I kind of feel like we've covered the basics, essentially. Well, does anyone have anything else they'd like to add? Go ahead, Chris. Um, about, about or Matt. Uh, Matt, oh, I'm having a little difficulty understanding what you're saying. Can you go ahead and back up and start that over? Um, can you hear me? Kind of, sort of. Is it baby? Uh, I don't know. You keep cutting out. How about now? Okay, go ahead and talk and we'll find out. Uh, about, about combat specifically before we move on. Um, um, I want to stress that big damage numbers is not always the important thing. Um, as I, I had a character not too long ago who his big thing was support, temporary health points, healing, uh, buffs was his was his big asset. And I feel like he, he still, although he didn't do a lot of damage to anyone, he was still a big asset to the team. I think because you're not the highest damage dealing person in the party that you're not useful. As someone in like, I'm typically the designated support. It, those types of characters are still useful. Indeed. Uh, what were you going to add there, Chris? Um, well, you were explaining the, the combat aspect, which is really informative that Pat was talking about. It would be your armor class. And armor class is based on what, what you're wearing, how much or how little, and it gives you a number of value. And that number of value is when somebody has to, with their bonuses and their rolls, have to roll above that to hit you. Um, and those all come from your stats. So like each of us in real life, we are, we have certain physical characteristics that make us up. We can lift a certain amount. We can run a certain amount of speed, think and process problems. Some of us faster than others. Some of us slower. Some of us can speak multiple languages. Some of us can't. It goes into your statistics as so you have like strength, intelligence, wisdom, dexterity, constitution, and charisma. And they all fill in the blanks to help you and give you pluses or minuses or negative positives or negatives trying to do all these things. And D&D Beyond, as Pat was saying, is a great place to start. Let's say you have a group of friends and you want to start playing D&D. D&D Beyond is great. You need one person that you're going to meet that has already has an account and has stuff going on because the resources there do cost money. The account is free, but it helps to have a friend like Pat or another guy that we play with named David who shares the books with us so we can have the access to the tools. Through Let's content. Say if you're a content sharing. So Eric, since you're the one that asked, if you're looking, if you're looking to join a group that's already playing and they play on D&D Beyond, that would give you the best benefit to a, a situation and a structure where you could start with the least amount of output and be able to get a hold of what you want to do. And then when you figure out what you like and you don't like, you can invest your money and your time in those directions. And uh, 
But otherwise, if it's a group of people that want to learn for the first time, then maybe you all pull together and buy the DM's guide and a player's handbook. Indeed. Indeed. Um, There are ways to do it without being... Hmm? I was going to see if anyone else... I just wanted to add that. I apologize. I apologize. We're stepping all over each other. That was it. Okay. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to add? Very quickly. Just very quickly. I just wanted to elaborate just a tiny bit on what Chris was saying uh, to Eric. This is to Eric directly. Um, Think of the numbers in combat, this hit points, armor class, whatever you're referring to here, right? Think of the numbers in combat as the common language that we all use to determine the results while you're in combat. So you're swinging your sword, you're swinging your hammer, you're shooting your arrows, whatever. All the numbers really mean at the end of the day is just a way of letting us all speak the same language so we all understand what's happening during combat. That's all. That's all. I just wanted to add that little bit. All right. Thank you for that, Dan. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, I appreciate everyone coming together and in such short notice. Go ahead and throw this together. Eric, I hope that helped to answer some of the questions you need to help uh, get started playing D&D. Before we get out here, I have a little announcement to make. Robert, my good friend, or Evan Martin, has just started actually streaming his own channel. Robert, why don't you tell us a little bit about your channel and what to expect if we end up finding you on Twitch? Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, um, So I play video games um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for about four hours um, each time. And they are focused on RPGs or ARPGs. or survival crafting, or space. Those are the the four categories that I typically play. And um, quite often, they are very similar uh, to D&D. The ARPGs, as well as RPGs, um, obviously share the same as uh, tabletop RPG, so uh, TTP RPG. And uh, yeah, so I I like to role-play my characters just as much on that channel as I do uh, when we're playing D&D. Roleplay is one of my favorite things about D&D because it, I don't know, it helps you just kind of step into the shoes of someone else and think maybe what would, what would Oren do? Not what Pat would, what Patrick would do, but what would Thunder do? Not Matt. Or what would Willow do? Well, we all know what Willow would do. He'd open the lion cage and run away. <laughs> I think you're, and that's kind of it. You're stepping into the shoes of someone else. And that's one of the things I really enjoy about D&D. It is filled with portals to adventure. Thank you for joining us here at the Table in the Tavern uh, for this episode of Table Talk. Uh, Eric, again, thank you for the good question. And I hope that you've had fun in your adventures in D&D. And uh, with that. One final question. Okay. Who has the tab? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and thank you again. Uh, remember, uh, we're all in this together, so we've got to be kind to each other. Thank you, and good night.